Hello. I'm going to be reading Art Forum tonight. It's one of those magazines that's very chic, very slick, very glossy, the glossiest in a way of all the art magazines because this is the one that's the magazine of the avant-garde. Not the real avant-garde, not the really happening young people, but the bourgeois avant-garde. The avant-garde that's got it made and got enough together to be in these very glossy pages that mark Art Forum. Art Forum isn't read by people who shop at Sears. The people who read Art Forum are the same people who would think of wearing the Japanese fashions that they sell in the new boutiques in Soho. You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Interference Archive is a social space, exhibition venue, and OpenStax archive of social movement materials. Our work is rooted in the belief that our shared histories should be held in common and accessible to all. This is Sabine Bernards. Today I'm talking to Dee Dee Halleck, a founding member of Paper Tiger Television. Paper Tiger Television is an open, non-profit, volunteer video collective founded in 1981. Paper Tiger Television produces a public access TV show. They also conduct media literacy and video production workshops, put on art exhibitions, and do grassroots advocacy. They believe that making media is mandatory for their long-term goal of information equity through challenging and exposing the corporate control of mainstream media. I'm Dee Dee Halleck, and I um, have been working in uh, community media since 1961, actually. Um, in 61, there weren't that many colleges that had media programs, so I thought I'd sort of teach myself. And uh, Donnell Library, the New York City Public Library System, had a, um, <clears throat> a wonderful film collection of experimental films and documentaries. So I used to go to the library and check out 60 millimeter films. I started um, uh, doing a lot of reading and uh, and 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 also I made my own films. I made this film, Children Make Movies, and also one called um, The Mural in Our Street, which was actually nominated for Academy Award in 65. And then I also made a film in 74 about the Bread and Puppet Theater. So I was interested in these kind of community art projects. After her film about Bread and Puppet Theater, a politically radical community puppet theater group from Vermont, was received well by TV stations and audiences in Europe, Dee Dee was disappointed to hear that it was considered too experimental for American television, and started to get involved in the policy and organizing side of media. So I started really looking at um, the whole construction of media in the United States, and I got um, involved with um, with doing um, lobbying, actually, to, ch to change public television. Dee Dee was involved in lobbying efforts to change the funding structure for American TV, making it easier for independent producers to receive funding. But, she says the bill had an unintended impact. Many producers who already had shows and access to funding began to call themselves independent in order to access this new funding. 
Around this time, Dee Dee decided to start working on her own project outside of the public television sphere. So I got involved with them with, with cable, and um, we formed a thing called um, Communications Update, which was a, a, prog- a public access program that looked at the media and looked at the structures of the media and not doing like film reviews, but really looking at you know, how the networks um, functioned. And that was um, right after the Vietnam War and there was a lot of, um, a lot of people felt that the media had been complicit with the war. So as part of Communications Update, I had a friend who had written one of the books that was the most influential on me about media called The Mind Managers by Herb Schiller. I was teaching adjunct at um, at the at Hunter College in the communi- in the media department, film whatever it's called. Um, <clears throat> and Herb was there as a guest lecturer and he was down the hall from me on the same night and I kept hearing all this laughter coming from his room, and I said, "Herb, what were you? What were you? What was the jokes you were? It was there was so much laughter," and he said, "Oh, I was just reading the New York Times," and at that point, I had this slot on Communications Update on Public Access in Manhattan, and I said, "Well, that sounds like a really great show, so maybe we should do." A public access show. So a number of us had a couple of sessions with Herb at my house, a kind of study group with Herb, because he had written several books about media, really cr- criticizing um, media as a kind of tool of American imperialism. And so um, the group that wanted to study with Herb uh, and I, I, I said, well, would you guys like to come and we'll, for the show that I'm doing with Liza, and it's called, uh, it, we'll call it Herb Schiller Reads the New York Times. And somehow the word paper tiger came in. We called, first it was called pa- newspaper tiger. So um, that was the first show. And, and actually Herb had, he was so generous he had planned for one show. He had really um, planned it out, but he was very funny, and it was a wonderful show. And he said, well, there's, I've, I've divided it into six programs. And we thought, oh, whoa, six programs. So we better get our own time slot. I asked Dee Dee to take me through making an early episode of Paper Tiger TV. Well, we would have the opening um, with some music, um, and we always said um, it's 8:30. Do your do you know where your brains are? We wanted to have a kind of handmade look, or, and and we were working with so many artists um, that it just seemed like it would be better than a a curtain and a potted plant, which had been the usual for public access programs. So part of our our intention was also to let people know what public access was and that the problem had been that a lot of, that it was sort of boring um, potted plants and a curtain and people yakking. And we were trying to say, look, you know, people, you shouldn't 
just try to imitate the networks. You're not going to be able to do a really slick job. So make it look handmade. You should be proud of the fact that it that it's made by um, in a quick down and dirty way, and that that can be part of the aesthetic. And it, it would encourage other people to get involved. So we always put the budget because we wanted to say it's not very expensive, because people had this idea that mass media was way far this was before video and before cell phones and that mass media you could never make your own so part of our mission was to kind of be these uh, models for other public access um, people who wanted to get a political um, opinion out there or to or organize and so we were able to um, provide a model of of handmade public access so I think we did change we made a big it, it influenced not just public access in New York but around the country after the initial six episodes with Herb Schiller other commentators joined for critiquing other publications and issues Paper Tiger Television's archive has videos about free speech, education, labor, queer perspectives, race and class, youth, and many more issues over their decades of production. It's 8.30. Do you know where your brains are? I'm going to talk about a magazine called Working Woman, which has been in existence since about 1979. And I was going to start by comparing two covers of the recent issues of a magazine called Working Woman, Working Mother, um, and Working Woman. This is a McCall's magazine and uh, seems to address the woman who rather unwillingly goes to work and who needs lots of tips about how to juggle what she really likes to do best, which is mothering, with the fact that in this age she has to do some work. This, which is the magazine that we're going to look at, um, and you notice that it plays off a relationship. The editing w was very difficult. It was a reel-to-reel -reel tapes. And um, so the, sh the Paper Tiger shows, the first ones, they were all without any editing. They were done live, but they were recorded. Um, and we had to rent the studio. We would, um, we would meet in a bar down the street and um, and then get prepped up and we could only rent one hour so we'd set up for a half hour and be on the air live for an hour. We depended upon the preparation of the people who did the talking and and also the people each show would have a group of people who would do the kind of research and preparation. We had to pay for the studio so we paid $35 for a color camera for an hour. If it was a black and white camera, it was $16. And if we used the, the character generator to make text on screen, that was another, I don't know, $18 or something. And so we decided we would make our own titles. So we used um, paper cardboard and Mary would do these graphics or we cut out pictures and that would be the end credits or the opening credits were always done 
either on um, these cards or I had, since I had been involved with Bread and Papa Theater, um, we, they had crankies, which were like rolls of paper that had a hand crank. And so Mary would, did these beautiful drawings on, um, and credits. And sometimes some of the research, the information that we had done um, would be laid out on these, um, this cranky. And we would turn that, and that was our titles, which saved us $18 every week. So, <laughs> And the way we paid for it was just out of our pockets. People would take, um, we'd, t we'd pass a hat, and people would uh, <clears throat> give, give um, donations um, and then we applied for New York State Council of the Arts and got our, f our first grant. We're talking today about reality and reality as it's interpreted by the New York Times. I'd like to begin by quoting the senior diplomatic correspondent of the New York Times for most of the 20th century, James Reston, in a column that he had. For the, for the first paper Tiger shows, the ones with Herb Schiller, he did six programs of Herb Schiller, we, we made a leaflet and we, we stood at the Times building. If you go to the New York Times building around two o'clock, the editors go home and the printers come at that point. So we leafleted the New York Times because we felt that the main audience should be the people who work for the New York Times, that they should think about what they're doing. We also announced it in the Village Voice. We were reviewed by the Village Voice. We were reviewed by different uh, entities. There had been a struggle to try to get public access listed in TV Guide, and so we were part of that struggle, and um, and then there was an article about it in TV Guide. So, so it it was it was out there, and uh, there was I mean, and those there weren't that many choices. It wasn't like there are so many that we didn't have 200 channels there were like 15 channels there was like 13 VHS cha VHF channels and then like maybe five or six cable um, additions and um, uh, additional channels but there wasn't the choice you have so when people but and people <clears throat> had their remotes and they were looking around they would come across paper tiger and that was the great thing we really looked different if you were going if you punched your remote up 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 and looked at different channels whoa what's that one and who's that guy talking about the new york times so there really were um i think people who just chanced upon it and and, and we always had a phone number. Originally, it was my home phone number. And people would call up saying, I really like this show, or I hate the show, you're a bunch of communists. Or, <laughs> so there were always, um, there were responses. And I could tell when the show was on by the fact that all of a sudden we'd get some phone calls, you know. 
Finally, I asked Didi how she thinks the mission and work of Paper Tiger TV is relevant in our current political and media climate. I think there is a big um, uh, need for having analysis, not just of the... Um, I mean, there people... Uh, the there is a, a critique of 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 Donald Trump and there's a lot of activism which is great but there's not like even like Breitbart like who pays for Breitbart and who what exactly do they say and where do they get their information from and um, I think that that having a more um, specific um, analysis of of where the Donald Trumps of the world are coming from would be useful, and I think there's still place for that. And and uh, the fact that so many people have are making media, uh, I think there's still though a need for learning how to edit and put things together, and also do the kind of research that make make whatever they're trying to say more responsible and and accountable. You can find out more about Paper Tiger TV, find archived or new footage, or learn how to get involved at papertiger.org. You can also find donated material from Paper Tiger Television at Interference Archive. You've been listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. The archive is collectively run and volunteer-powered. If you like what you heard today, consider making a donation to help keep the archive up and running. Just go to interferencearchive.org and click on Donate. From all of us at Audio Interference, thanks for listening.